welcome to the TRU Alumni Podcast, hosted by me, Dustin McIntyre, TRU Alumni Manager and TRU Alumni. Today, I'm joined by Sebastian Carrasco, 2006 Adventure Guide graduate. Seb is a mountaineer, adventurer, father, and documentarian. Hailing from Ecuador, Sebastian had a calling for the mountains from an early age. He came to UCC in the early 2000s to get his diploma in guiding from the Faculty of Adventure. But in 2015, Seb's life changed drastically when he had an accident and became a paraplegic. Welcome to the podcast, Sebastian. Hello, Dustin. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, happy to be here. Happy to share with uh, with you and uh, with everybody that uh, is listening to this podcast. I really enjoy to, to share my story. I think uh, there's a, a lot of things to talk about it. Absolutely. You have such a compelling story, uh, Sebastian. And, you know, we haven't got to sp- uh, speak with you for two years and there's some really fantastic updates. But before we get to that, you know, tell us about your time. Why did you come to UCC in the early 2000s from Ecuador? Well, at the moment, at, at around 2003, I was uh, studying here in Ecuador uh, uh, geography. But at the same time, I really wanted to become a, a mountain guide. And at that moment here in Ecuador, uh, the guiding association and the guiding school wasn't that good. At the moment, it's, it's really good. But in, uh, back in 2003, it wasn't that good. And um, I had a, a couple of friends, uh, the Dahmer brothers, who actually did the same program before me. And um, I talked to them about the program, the guiding program in, in UCC and, sorry, in TRU. And uh, for me, it was the perfect option, you know, and, uh, and that's why uh, I decided to, to drop from, from my, my career at the moment. I didn't finish uh, geography. So uh, I went to Canada and I have to say that um, those three years in, in Canada were the best years I, I had in my life, I think. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And what was the culture shock like going from Ecuador to interior of British Columbia, Canada? Well, you know what? Before that, I lived in uh, in the states in uh, in Nebraska. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was. Um, it was actually quite different. Uh, I think uh, Canadians. It took me a while to become uh, really good friends with uh, with a lot of my my actual friends, and it took me actually a year to to become uh, to to get that relationship going. But um, once it started going, I think Canadian people are, are, are amazing and completely different. The cultural part, it can be a little bit similar, but uh, it, was, uh, it was amazing. I, I, I highly recommend it to anybody. <laughs> are there any faculty members that you still have a connection with that you remember from 14, 15, 16 years ago? <laughs> well, Sharman uh, is one of them. Um, Jules Ballad is still one of them. Uh, I'm still in contact a little bit. Who else? Uh, Ian, Ian Stewart Parson is one of uh, I still uh, kind of in contact, and I think that's it. Then uh, my my classmate, uh, I'm still in contact with uh, three or four, but uh, I I kind of know where are the rest, but uh, kind of uh, I am in touch with uh, more with these three or four four really good friends. Yeah, that that's amazing. And then uh, you know, you wanted to be in the mountains. You were a guide. You were living your dream. And then tell us what happened in 2015. Well, I um, after those three years in, in Canada, I became um, I, I didn't finish my certification in Canada. I actually finished. I got my guiding certification here in Ecuador, part in Ecuador, part in Bolivia. 
and uh, I was uh, working as a full mountain guide for yeah close to 10 years or so and then uh, my first daughter was born in 2012 and then my second daughter was born on 2015 on August and um, during that period I didn't want to guide because uh, having a uh, you know a and a newborn, a baby. <laughs> a I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to stay home. I wanted to spend time with my daughter. I wanted to help my my wife at that time. A week after my my second daughter was born, uh, some people offered me to to do, or they asked me to do a one day job. It wasn't nothing related with uh, with guiding or climbing. This was at a at a high rope system, and um, I was in charge of the security. That day we had a, a pretty big group of uh, around 35 people that were doing this uh, this uh, high rope system. You know they they use that a lot for uh, teamwork uh, in companies and stuff like that. I had some miscommunication with my belayer. I thought that he had me on belay, and I took a 12 meter jump into the into the void. And uh, of course, uh, I realized that I wasn't on belay once I was on the air. I landed and I broke my neck. Uh, luckily, I'm still alive, and luckily, it wasn't a full uh, spinal cord injury. I, it was kind of, it wasn't complete. What uh, the, how that's how we refer to it. Um, but yeah, since then, um, it's been um, a big change in my life. You know, completely a uh, 180 <laughs> degree change, and uh, it took me a long time to accept this. But um, it was a really hard. Imagine. No, not, not just being able to work, not just being able to climb. I lost my passion, which was climbing. I, I had two daughters that I had to look after because all of my jobs were related to my physical work, you know, and uh, that's uh, something that it, it really scared me. And uh, it took me a long time to, to accept that, I, I have to admit. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's a tough uh, adjustment for anyone. But Sebastian, not only did you accept it, I think you are thriving within it because you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> the highest point in Africa. How did you do that? Well, it was a long process. I think it was really good for me to go back to uh, to be able to find some kind of uh, a sport that I it put me back on the on the roads, put me back on the nature, and that that really helped me. And at the beginning, I was only doing uh, hand cycle races, like short races, or then after I did some marathons, I did uh, an Ironman, which uh, but I only did the the biking part. And then uh, a friend, she was the one that uh, became with this idea and proposed to to climb Kilimanjaro which uh, at the beginning uh, for me was completely crazy you know I, I was like no this is not possible uh, too expensive it's too far I don't have the the right equipment to do it I don't I don't have the power to do it all of, I have all I had all of these thoughts that going uh, through in my mind but uh, what I really wanted to do it was actually climbing Kilimanjaro or climbing a mountain and when she came up with this idea, it was like, even though I thought it was crazy, I was like, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know how, right. but uh, let's let's look around and uh, I'm going to do it somehow. So it, it was amazing. And I think uh, once I, I started doing the research, I found out that uh, an, a guy from uh, the States, his name is Chris Waddell. He did it on 2009. So this gave me a lot of motivation to know that somebody uh, with a... Uh, 
paraplegic, uh, almost similar than me, uh, was able to do it. So I thought, if he was able to do it, why I shouldn't why be not able? You? So, exactly. Even though we have different uh, injuries, his injury is uh, is very low on the spinal cord. Mine is actually very high in, in the neck, which uh, uh, because of that, I lost a lot of power and strength in my hands. Uh, it, up to date, and, uh, like now, a lot of doctors uh, consider me that I'm a quadriplegic, but uh, because I'm still not a hundred percent recovered uh, with my hands. But uh, it was an amazing experience, an amazing expedition to uh, to share with a lot of friends, which changed my 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 future and uh, and gave me a lot of uh, motivation to think on on new things. You know. <laughs> so for those that aren't familiar, you accomplish this goal in a hand bike. Could you explain to us a little bit what a hand bike is and, and, and also explain to us about the team of 40 people that helped you accomplish this goal? So yeah, a hand bike is a basic, uh, a bike, which is adapted for people with the physical disabilities. Uh, so everything, uh, the traction is in your hands, the, 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 you control the direction and you control the brakes, everything is in, in your hands. There are a hundred different models. There are uh, hand cycles for road, for uh, mountain. There are hand cycles just for downhill. There are hand cycles which are assisted uh, with an electric angel. In this case, I use a specific hand cycle designed uh, for this type of climb. And this, the one that I use is the same one that uh, Chris used it uh, on 2009, which I call it the monster because it's, uh, it's, it's pretty big, it's pretty <laughs> heavy, <laughs> and is, uh, but it's like a little tractor. So I, I use my, uh, I'm, I'm kneel on my knees, I'm rested on my, my chest. This hand cycle has four wheels. I do everything with my hands and that's how I pedal uh, forward and, uh, the, the good thing about this one is that uh, I'm seated right on the back wheels where the traction is. And that right. way, the whole weight uh, is, my, my weight is in the, in, the, in the back wheels, which gives a, a really good traction. That's amazing. And so last time we spoke to you, which was February 2020, just to refresh your memory, so almost uh, two years to the day, you gave us a list of uh, mountains that you wanted to climb, including Mount Vincent in Antarctica, Cotopaxi and Kayambe, as well as the Nose of El Cap Captain uh, in Yosemite National Park and the UC Salt Flat in Bolivia. Now you're starting to check some of these off. What have you done so far? So after Kilimanjaro, I, I realized what amazing things uh, uh, we can accomplish if we do things as a team, you know. No, no things that I can do on my own because uh, it's, it will be really hard. And I think uh, last year on, on 2002, uh, on April, uh, sorry, in 2001, on April uh, 22, I, uh, I was able to, uh, to summit uh, Kayambe and it was an amazing experience. Kayambe is the third highest peak here in Ecuador. It has 5,750 meters. It has a glacier. So... Uh, that's what it really motivated me to to do it you know i, I really wanted to go back and uh, to the snow and do something on, on a glacier and, and it was amazing we i didn't use the same hand cycle i use a, a completely different system i use uh, a, a sled with a winch 
So what my friends did in this case was that uh, they fixed some lines, they fixed some ropes and the winch was connected to this rope and uh, I will winch myself up. And of course I, I had some assistance like because the weight was uh, a lot and uh, it would take me 10 days to do it and it would have been uh, a lot of effort. I think uh, not that I, I want to say it's not possible, but I think uh, it's possible, but uh, I had uh, such an amazing group that was willing to, to help me and uh, I did it uh, with their help. And the amazing thing about this, uh, this summit, it wasn't only reaching the summit of, of Kayambe with this amazing group of 20 friends that uh, helped me, but we had such an amazing weather conditions that I was able to paraglide from the summit it was it was just amazing, Dustin. I, it's something that I right. I, did you I, say I, you paraglided from the summit? So you strapped some wings to yourself exactly. in your sled and <laughs> took off. And so tell us about that experience. That must have been pretty freeing. Well, exactly. And now that you 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 said that, we actually did a, a documentary which is called Libre, which is free in English. I think uh, is a is a short film that lasts uh, maybe twenty minutes. And I think uh, it has a, a lot of potential to be on, on, on the Banff Mount Festival, which uh, I hope this year we're going to make it. Yeah, we're also, we typically like to sponsor that event as well. So we'll see you there this year. Oh, please. And uh, yeah, and uh, that will be amazing. Uh, my dream is to, to be able to go back uh, to Canada and be able to present this film because it's just amazing. The whole experience, those three days were amazing, but to be able to fly from the summit, it was just a dream come through. And like you said, you 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 felt what I, I or you you mentioned what I felt to be able to 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 be free on my own, flying on top of the summit and be able to to paraglide my way down. It was just amazing. Did you have to build a special apparatus uh, to be able to paraglide off the top of a volcano? Because I learned how to paraglide after my accident. I never, I never knew how to fly a paraglide. So we, we built a, a special chair for this. And then for the summit of Kayambe, we just used the same sled. So uh, I was ready to, to land on, on my skis on, on some grass and uh, it, it actually happened. And I don't want to spoil the film that I want you guys to, to see it. And uh, you will, you will yeah, see we'll, we'll share it um, on our social channels as well when we post this. So we'll make sure that our alumni get access to that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you mentioned that it took yourself and 20 other people, uh, there's a team of you. So tell us what type of people have to help you, not only you know, the people laying the rope out, but what other groups are on your support team? Well, um, during those three days of, of climb, in total, uh, I had 20 people, but uh, some days were some people, some other days were less people. On the summit day, which was the day that I, I, handed, I had more support, there, we were 15 people on the summit. Most of them were uh, mountain guides, which were, were my colleagues uh, that we worked together. Some other friends were just climbing partners or some other were adventure partners or friends that I, I learned uh, with uh, how to paraglide. So when I told them about the, the Kayambe uh, idea, they were all ready, you know, and they, <laughs> they wanted to help me. They wanted to be uh, supporting me. It was very important to have people dealing with the food, dealing with the tent, dealing with the, 
a lot of things because the, the even though it wasn't that long, we were a lot of people on the mountain and we, we had a, a, to do a lot of logistics. So it was pretty amazing. And uh, it was such a, that's what I, I say on my, when I present the, the film that I say, this film is a, is a love story because it's, it's the true show of, of, of empathy, of, of, uh, of friends, of, uh, I'm, I'm just forgetting the words in English, but it's just... The, the uh, you certainly get you certainly get the message across you know it it doesn't it's not just you summoning this mountain it takes so many more people so many resources and and you, you know it sounds like you're incredibly thankful to these people and, and empathetic exactly, um, exactly. It's, it's it's incredible it's such an amazing story and you've checked off some pretty badass mountains so far what's next on your list uh, so yeah like uh, you you mentioned that list before and uh, I'm, I'm on my way to uh, to try to climb Cotopaxi, which is the second highest uh, mountain here in, in Ecuador. I will try that uh, this, uh, this April. I want to do it on the same time. Hopefully this year, I will also try to climb El Cap on Yosemite. Those two projects are pretty big and uh, I'm being uh, pretty uh, optimistic. And uh, I, I think that's the way we want to do things. You know, we want to dream big and then once you you follow your dreams you you certainly can uh, reach them so like you said you, with a with a group group of friends that are willing to help me i think uh, is a, is a really nice way of proving to society how amazing amazing things things we can accomplish if we work together you know this group of friends really uh, gave everything and uh, and i think uh, it's amazing and like you said and i'm really thankful to all of them just so incredible. Sebastian, where can we find you on social media? What is your Instagram handle? Do you have a website? Where where can people find you? So I use a lot of Instagram, which is my uh, my, my biggest uh, media that I use. And uh, I'm on it as, uh, as Zuko slash Carrasco. And Zuko, you spell Z-U-K-O down slash Carrasco, like my last name. Brilliant. Well, we'll share that as well. Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's inspiring, and I can't wait to see your video in Banff this year. Thank you so much, Dustin, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch, and uh, I think the video will be in Canada somehow. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to share it with everybody. I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the TRU Alumni Podcast. This episode was hosted by me, Dustin McIntyre. Technical Productions by Dustin McIntyre and Andrew Skopenko. Recorded at Thompson Rivers University in sunny Kamloops, British Columbia on the traditional territory of the Kamloops Dishikwepnik peoples.